following podcast may contain a shitload of popular profanity. Live from Mighty Trapdoor Mansion, high atop Tent Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pengrove, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Greenspan, and Cut Cockbirth! And now we talk games! We talk games! Here it comes! Yeah. We talk games! Full bullshit and energy! serve up a Burl Ives beatdown this week as a part of our month-long holiday haymakers. This is We Talk Games Arcade Weekly. I'm Kyle Von Kubik, exactly one half of this week's hosting tag team, and I'm joined along with the skip to my zip, John E. Capcom. Was that rattling your dog? <laughs> no, this is a part of Stinky's mandate. He's feeling that Holiday Haymakers doesn't have enough holiday in there. Just too many haymakers happening. So he's he's requested a little more holiday spirit, some Christmas cheer, some Hanukkah hoopla, and some Kwanzaa kookiness. <laughs> oh, God. Which is why Wiggly's not on the show this week. He's actually in the basement detangling lights that he can hang up at the Sloppy Joe bar. He'll be on the show, albeit via the uh, GameCube walkie-talkies we've talked about in the past. We'll check in with him later for this week's Making Mechanics. And lending his hand to add a little bit of the holiday spirit to this podcast, Stinky the Game Master right behind me, trying to uh, complete the eggnog challenge in which he'll be drinking a gallon of eggnog uh, before we throw to him for the pro player tip. Stinky, how you doing? What's up? I never drank much holiday spirits. Oh, this is no problem. I drank a gal- couple gallons of the petrol. I'm a, I'm a veteran, you know. You're looking more sickly than usual, though. It looks like you, you've only uh, completed about a quarter of the task. I got plenty of room more where that come from. I got a dancing lady with a cake inside. <laughs> I got all those. All right, well, we'll check back in with you later for this week's pro player tip. Right on, Scott. <laughs> Now, I may have asked you this before. Yeah. Eggnog. Yeah. That is what? Um, that is disgusting. Oh, okay. Is it just like eggs and alcohol and milk? or? Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to have alcohol in it, although that probably helps. Yes, it's, it's eggs and cream and disgustingness all rolled into one. Sorry uh, if I'm offending anybody who's a fan of eggnog. 
Fuck you, anyway, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> and speaking of fuck you, Mike Fritz in the booth. Yo. He's got dogs in there with him, as far as I can remember. <laughs> no, I, Stinky mandated I get the jingle bells going for uh, this week's show. I'll try to keep this to a minimum. Anyway, this week we're talking about something that just goes along with the whole holiday season. Alien vs. Predator, 1994, uh, put out by Capcom. A horizontal beat-em-up. Yeah, now you might be joking there saying Alien vs. Predator, you know, as a festive favorite. But uh, I know I'm not the only Irish person who thinks this, but like there is a, a link in Irish culture between the film Aliens and Christmas. Is there? Yeah, because for whatever reason, our national broadcaster, RTE, got in the habit of nearly every year showing aliens on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I don't know why, but like, yeah. you bank on it, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to watch aliens again this year. That's, fu- hey, that's strange. I mean, there, here, for me, we've talked about it on the show, too. There, there's a local channel for the East Coast, the tri-state area called WPIX or PIX. It's Channel yeah. 11 here by me. And every year when I was growing up, they would play the Rankin Bass Hobbit cartoon during ah, Easter. Yes. And for whatever reason, I associate that movie with Easter now always because for probably six years of my life, every Easter morning I would get up and watch that cartoon on PIX. I got a weird one. Like for me, Easter is Batman films. Is it? I don't know why. I think one year I, I, I watched, and this is not like since I was a kid. I was like, what, 20 or something, and I watched Batman Begins <laughs> on, fucking, on Easter Sunday. I was like, I'm going to do this every year now. And, uh, he died for our sins. <laughs> well, true to form, last year, or this year, I, I watched Dark Knight Returns Part 2. So, you know. Oh, there you go. Batman is DC's Jesus. Right down to the fact that um, Christian Bale played Jesus in a movie once. Yeah. Christian Bale has a weird history, actually, of playing religious figures. But that's yeah, now, and now, now we're doing Moses now, right? Yeah, he does. He's done Jesus and Moses, so I yeah. guess, um, I guess Lot is next, hopefully. A hundred percent game talk, zero filler. Well, if Wiggly <laughs> was here, he'd be doing the same, right? He definitely would be doing the same. Alien vs. Predator, it's a beat-em-up. Of course it is, because this is Holiday Haymakers. We're talking about beat-em-ups all month long. If you missed an episode, make sure you go back. Listen to the back catalog. Go to wetalkgames.com, click episodes, check out some of the other beat-em-ups we talked about, or one of the many other arcade titles we talk about each week. This is a three-player, simultaneous beat-em-up game. you got four characters to choose from. A Predator Hunter, a Predator Warrior, Major Dutch Schaefer... And yep. uh, Lieutenant Lin Kurosawa. I'm pretty sure, though, that Dutch's real name is Alan Dutch Schaefer, not Dutch Schaefer. Hey, that's possible. I looked into, I did a little bit of research uh, because this episode was so nice, we record, recorded it twice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I looked into it a little bit, and evidently, this is an amalgamation of the books and the comic books that came out around this time, as well as a unused script for an Alien vs. Predator movie. The film that could have been, but the game takes place in the far future. So, yes, I believe that this Dutch Schaefer is like the son of a son of the Arnold character from the original movie. 
Oh, really? That's what I gleaned from the research I did. It's two generations removed from the uh, the film. And Lieutenant Kurosawa is actually a character, I believe, from the comic book or is based off a character from the comic book. I wasn't even familiar that there was that big of an expanded universe for the Predator franchise. I really just thought it was the movies. What I thought was, if you remember back in Predator, there was an Asian woman in the cast, I believe. No, okay. no, sorry, she was South American. Mm, that, okay. that reflects really poorly on me. But, um, <laughs> Happy <I> holidays! <laughs> yeah, she was. She's South American, and like, so I thought it was her. Mm-hmm. When I, when I played this first, when I was like, I was going to say when I was a kid, but when I was eighteen, <laughs> she was the one who had to get to the chopper. If you remember that. Yes. Right. Well, there's no chopper in this game. Sadly. Isn't it set in Los Angeles? Yeah, a futuristic it's Los Angeles in the beginning. Very much like Predator 2, which confuses the issue again. You know, I have a friend who's never seen Predator. We're oh. playing this game together, and uh, he's like very confused by it. And I'm like, well, no, this isn't based off of the Predator movie. And he was like, I've never seen the Predator movie. I was like, how, how did you... You're 31 years old. How have you never seen the Predator movie? He has never seen Predator. We're alien for that matter. (laughs) I had a friend uh, who had never seen Commando. (laughs) And um, it was a similar situation. And uh, we checked to see if his balls had dropped. (laughs) They had. And uh, I'm sure if you check your buddy's balls, they're probably definitely down the whole way now. <laughs> what, from playing this game? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's allowed vote. If he, maybe he's allowed vote. I don't know, but like, if he watches Predator, he'll definitely be allowed vote. <laughs> like, how the fuck do you not watch Predator? I don't know. Like, even if you saw like the uh, cable TV version that's heavily edited, you at least saw it. You know, yeah. it was everywhere. It was everywhere in the 90s. I remember when Predator 2 came out, being excited for it. I had never even seen Predator 1. Because, like, Predator 2 came out in, like, 1990, like, two or whatever. But I was just like, oh, I bet that's awesome, though. <laughs> I couldn't wait to see the first one by the time I, you know, you know. And sure enough, I did. As soon as I was able to watch it, I watched it because I'm a fucking man, damn it. <laughs> All right, so here's the question. Three players simultaneous, four characters to choose from. Who did you choose to play as? Predator Hunter would be my guy. Predator Hunter is the faster of the two. He's the one who has a special ability, and that's one of the draws of this game, is that each character has about five different moves, which is nice. It gives variety to the game. It's better than just running and punching. I've talked about this on previous episodes with the beat-em-up genre. I love The Simpsons. I love Turtles. But quite frankly, they're not super deep. Not that this game is incredibly deep, but this game has a little bit more. And that's the goal of this month, with the exception of one of the weeks, is to talk about real, like, um, underrated gems in this genre. And one of the things that makes these games of note is when it plays more like a fighting game and you have more attacks in your repertoire for each character. So for the Predator Hunter, he's the one who uh, crouches down and does those spinning discs around him. Yeah. So that's the guy you played as. I played as the Predator Warrior who crouches down and does like a whirlwind attack with um, his staff. That Those two attacks are when you're overcrowded with enemies. You can knock like, you know, four or five away from you by doing a crouching spinning attack. Each character has one. Each animation is different. 
Alien vs. Predator, who the fuck is playing as human beings? That's what I want to know. No one's playing as Dutch or Lynn. And I'll tell you what, I went back and I played as those characters just to see what I was missing. You're not missing anything. Yes, they're interesting. Yes, they have movesets. But they have guns. The guns overheat. And when they shoot, it's a very weird arch. They start shooting into the ground and then arch up. The only people I've ever seen do that are the adversaries in every A-Team episode. They shoot in the dirt. What are you shooting in the dirt? There's aliens all around us. Why are we shooting in the dirt? I did not like playing as these characters. They're warming up their guns. That's how guns work, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, they're warming up. Fire a few off into the ground, and then you're ready to shoot people. (laughs) The the hunter and the warrior both have a a gun as well. They have like these... um, I don't know what they're called in the film, but it's like a little shoulder cannon thing that you could shoot. Uh, it shoots down into the ground, but it shoots towards the enemies and engulfs them in flames. The only limitation to that is it overheats. So if you hammer on it too much, the gun overheats. You can't use it. So you got to use your melee attack. With that being said, that we described a little bit of the characters, I don't want to get too far ahead. I do want to check in with Wiggly down in the basement, detangling lights uh, via GameCube walkie-talkie for this week's Making Mechanics. Wiggly, are you there? Sinky, I don't. I'm, I can't untangle these. Not only that, I don't even think any of these lights work. Do the making mechanics. What? What? What game? What? Uh, Alien vs. Predator. Okay, that came. That was Capcom, 1994. Okay, so off the top of my head, uh, you had Pong in 1972. You had uh, the Alien movie in 1979, and then Fox did a Alien game for the Atari 2600, and three years later, 1982, that was the year before I graduated. That was like Miss Pack Alien, though. And then the second Alien film, Aliens, came out in 86. And then in 89, Konami got that license, and that's when we saw our first side-scroller, really. And that was the same year as Golden Axe. So Golden Axe and Aliens came out in 1989. Alien Storm came out in 1990. So that had your Aliens going... You know what? I don't know. Aliens... Well, it doesn't really matter. 1981 was Dark Horse's Alien vs. Predator comic book. Predator came out in 87, so Predator was out in 87, and then the NES game of Predator came out in 1987, I played that for too long. Then you had Alien vs. Predator for the Super Nintendo in 1993. You also had The Nanny with Fran Drescher in 1993. And you had Punisher and and Nick Fury for Capcom in 1993. And in 1994, you had the uh, Capcom Alien vs. Predator arcade. I think that's everything. I gotta get back to the lights now. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> I couldn't quite hear Wiggly over all the static. But, uh, I'm assuming he would have brought up the Punisher. Okay. Cadillacs and dinosaurs yes. and Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. I definitely feel um, a connection to this game and what you just mentioned, the Ca- uh, the Capcom Dungeons and Dragons game. I think if you look at like a game like Magic Sword, you can see what Capcom were reaching for at a certain point in time. 
Like that's single plane brawler or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then when Final Fight came out and you could move in and out of the the backgrounds, mm-hmm. they had a set pattern there. And this was almost like the next powered up, juiced up evolution of hardware, arcade hardware on from that. Yeah. Like when you would play Dungeons and Dragons uh, and the Punisher and this, the gameplay was still kind of the same, but they found a way to just max out the visuals. Aesthetically, it's funny you mentioned the hardware. It's it, it, the game's running on the CPS two board, which I found out recently. The encryption on that board was so tight that proper emulation wasn't available until the early two thousands. Yeah, Nichibutsu weren't able to fucking get to <laughs> <laughs> and make Road Fighter the game. Uh, yeah, that's C- why Nichibutsu closed down the CPS two board. You know, like, we're fucked. <laughs> We're officially out of ideas. <laughs> We're out of other people's ideas. <laughs> and uh, I know we've talked about this on the show that went into the ether, but yeah. the aesthetics of this game, the visuals of this game, these characters look like they belong in a Street Fighter game. And it's no coincidence because the CPS2 board also ran Street Fighter 2. There's this nice continuity with the Capcom games where... We talked about Irem, where you look at Irem and you can kind of get a gist of like, oh yeah, that's an Irem game just by the color palette they chose and the lighting effects that they chose. Capcom games have the same thing. You look at a Capcom game and it's, uh, for me at least, it's very apparent that it's a Capcom game. You know, it has that that craftsmanship. Very cool style. Like, I think that's a timeless style. Uh, When this game came out in, what was it, 94? I mean, you look at games that came out in 1996 for the PlayStation. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they're almost like abstract art at this point. Yeah. Association of ideas and shapes. Yeah, early polygonal graphics uh, definitely don't hold up. PlayStation probably being the worst defender of games that, looking back on now, a lot are very unplayable. Like, I tried picking up Bushido Blade again because it was one of my favorite games from that era. And I still appreciate the game, but it doesn't look as good as my mind's eye remembers it being. It was because there was this big push for developers to get photorealistic polygonal graphics. So at the time, the best they could do were these very blocky polygons. But we all accepted it at the time. We all thought it was awesome, you know. But now, looking back retrospectively, these other games of the era, the mid-90s 2D sprite-based games, whether it be a fighter or a brawler or a shoot-em-up or whatever, they hold up a lot better because the artwork can be appreciated more because it looks like what it's supposed to look like. It's not like this weird sort of 3D <laughs> representation. And it was a part of the evolution of the industry at the time, and I accept it for what it was, although I do feel like it kind of stifled 2D sprite-based gaming. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the... PlayStation and the N64 like just massacred that style of gameplay. Yeah. Or game presentation, should I say. And Saturn yeah. was left, ho- Sega was left holding the bag yeah. with the Saturn because they developed a console that really had the game theory of we're going to stick with these 2D sprite based arcade games. And then everyone went polygonal and they had their thumb up their ass. They didn't know what to do, you know? Aside from all the other horrible mistakes they made along the way. Yeah, it's out now! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, retailers! <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the Saturn was just, like, it was a nice idea. 
That's <laughs> the best way you can put it. Yes. But it was a strange time. Some great games from that time, obviously. Mm-hmm. And this is one of like those games that kind of got lost, though, because we were too busy you know, looking at screen grabs of Jump and Flash and going, oh, my God, look at all the triangles. Yeah, and checking out but, uh, the triangle cleavage of uh, Laura Croft. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised there's not a bunch of Toblerone fetishists out there now because of <laughs> This game, sadly, is lost to time because of weird licensing issues as well. Yes. I believe they were going to make a movie with a very similar timeline. Correct. Not timeline, a very similar story right around this time. Uh, if you eagle-eyed viewers, of course, back in the day, spotted the alien skull on the wall of the Predator ship in Predator 2. Mm. That was kind of what they were hinting towards. Yeah. This game was kind of supposed to come out around the same time, and the film fell to bits. Eventually, it came out years later, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, and it was a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. So, I guess they never got the license back. Um, the sad thing is, like, this is a really solid entry into the Aliens game. More lineage. so than Prometheus? Well, Prometheus is in part. Well, it isn't, it is in part. There's no game. No Prometheus game. <laughs> there isn't? I thought it was a game. I'd like to be able to control Charlize Theron and just get her to run to the, slightly to the right. Um, <laughs> that's how you win. And you can hold the B button from making the uh, aliens evolve. Dude, 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 that's a Pokemon reference. Fuck, that fell flat. Anyway. Well, sorry, I think you might just fucking blow my mind there. You hold B <laughs> to make your Pokemons evolve? No, you stop them from evolving, I believe, by holding B. Oh, shit, I never knew that. Yeah, once they start evolving, you hold B and they'll stop. I always hate that. It's like Munchausen's in a video game. Like, you know, <laughs> you'll always be my puppy. You know, <laughs> just let them grow up. Like you're not their boss. But as you touched on, this is a fantastic game. Not even just with the franchise. I mean, it handles the franchise very well. You've got chest busters, face huggers, every iteration of the alien. You've got the Queen, the Predators in there, and this is an OG. This is an original game as far as, because that film didn't come out, the storyline for that film is now the storyline of this game in its own sort of universe. And um, it does a real good job at representing both franchises. I mean, there was a lot of Alien vs. Predator games that came out that were very good. There's a, a Super Nintendo brawler of the same name. It has no connection whatsoever to this game. They, they're not it's the okay. same It game. looks a bit goofy, though. Um, when you're comparing it to something like this, there's not enough colors. The sound isn't the same. The effects are... But obviously, it's a console game. But yeah, it's uh, it's okay. This game is actually, especially for the, the first entry into this crossover franchise in video games, it's one of the best by far. You got excellent... Of the era, Capcom sprite-based graphics with parallax scrolling, nice explosion effects, nice death animations, attack animations. The music, it's okay. A lot of people really enjoy the music in this game. I felt like it could have been better. You and I discussed it off the line a couple times about arcade music. I feel it's important to mention it because now with an era of emulation, you can enjoy the music and sound effects that... Of the time, contemporarily speaking, when you were in the arcade, you couldn't hear the fucking machine over three dozen other machines and a pinball machine and the jukebox playing or anything. But now you can actually enjoy it for what it is. And for me, this has been a theme all month long, but cinematic. This game is very cinematic while you're playing it with its cutscenes, with its storytelling. 
and the music, it seems like it's halfway there. It's not quite over the fence, and I didn't feel that the, the tracks really represented the levels well. So that was probably my only critique for the game overall, was that the music is okay, but the sound effects are great. There's some voice in there, although it's mostly just like yells and grunts. And it has the standard affair stuff of a horizontal left-to-right brawler. And by that, I mean you got a couple little power-ups, you got a nice variety of weapons, and you have health that is represented by hunks of meat and cob salads and nothing cracked me up more than playing with my friend rob and saying get the cob salad and he's the fucking predator eating a cob salad i don't know why it just strikes me funny i'm sure he didn't know why you were laughing he was probably thinking there was a big cob salad subplot in the <laughs> <laughs> So what'd you get? What'd you get out of it? Did you get the same type of get feel? Get to the salad bar. <laughs> <laughs> so are croutons like an essential part of this plot, or? <laughs> so did you get the same type of feelings I did about this game? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I remember the first time I played it, I was really blown aback by it. It's um, it's kind of state of the art for the nineties. I think it still really holds up. The cool thing about it is, like, as I said, it slots in very nicely. Like, if you want to play alien games, you're kind of spoiled for choice. You know, the Alien vs. Predator on the Jaguar Mm. is pretty good as well, which I realize some people might think that's an understatement, but, you know, I mean, I didn't have a Jaguar back in the day, so uh, I can't really uh, call it. But, um, you know, Alien Trilogy was a game I really loved, Alien 3 on the Genesis I enjoyed. I think Alien Isolation is just one that came out recently. Yes, and, uh, yes. Uh, that game looks like a lot of fun, and when it drops down in price, maybe I might pick it up. <laughs> We're what we what you call cheap ass gamers. Yeah, well, I mean, come on, man, you got a fucking like. Uh, <laughs> I got I a fucking bought, mortgage. I got, yeah. The last time I bought a new game was Batman Arkham Origins. That was because I was like, this is like my version of. Like that game everyone buys every year for DLC updates. Like it's my sports game. Yeah, this last game I bought new, which I'm sure might shock a lot of people. <laughs> but uh, you know, fuck you. I played in the arcade. What did you ever do? Exactly. It's a really fun game. I, I really recommend chasing it down if you can. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to find it, a cabinet copy, send us a picture of it because uh, I've never seen a cabinet. I hope it has pretty cool side art and. I looked online. I couldn't find one. So, yes, if you do find it, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash WTG podcast, or tweet at us at, uh, at We Talk Games on Twitter and let us know what this thing looks like because I am also very interested to see what the marquee and side art look like on this uh, cabinet. Just as a side note, talking about my friend who uh, played this with me, Rob, he uh, mentioned that when he saw the uh, power loaders, he asked if those were the things from Avatar. <laughs> But he's half right. He is kind of right. It's the other way around. I believe I pointed this out to you before. It doesn't make a lot of sense that they would have those power loaders as enemies in this game because the power loader is just a forklift with feet. Yes, it's, it's a utilitarian you know, yeah. tool. It's not meant for a weapon. It's an improvised weapon. Exactly. I guess maybe there were these guys who were in Japan just going, oh, whatever, man, just fucking get all in there. Like, you know? <laughs> I don't know why you'd be fighting them either. I mean, surely the good guys would be using those. 
there's a weird twist in the plot where there's a human adversary working alongside with the uh, the aliens or in conjunction or something or trying to weaponize the aliens or something. Isn't that always them. the fucking way? Yeah, it's like, always the you know what happens. If you were the type of person, all right, who thought you could control that kind of alien, you would be in a mental asylum. <laughs> you would not be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's true. It doesn't matter how much money you can see attached to one of these things, right? If you're like Paul Reiser's character in Aliens, mm. there's no way they can add zeros to discount your sanity. <laughs> you know? You would be just like, no, you know what, lads? I'm making a judgment call on this one. Fuck these things. Leave them where they are. <laughs> they're killing machines. Yes, yeah. They're, they don't, like, they're not cuddly. No, but what are you going to do? Are you going to harvest their blood that will basically burn a hole in the earth? Are you going? To, like, what are you going to do with them? I never understood their end game. You know, they always just kind of loosely said what they were going to do with them. Yeah. Like, oh, the applications for ceramics. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be the next Velcro. I can see it. You've already got space travel. Go find something. Fucking go find a triple or something. They're at least. <laughs> So, for fans of the franchise, uh, speaking of the movies, or just fans of this genre of game, find a way to play this game. This is one of the best arcade brawlers you'll play. It's got some great effects, it's got some great level design, great animation. It's of the upper echelon. It's a top-shelf game in regard to this genre. I strongly recommend it. It sounds like John recommends it as well. Yeah, the only way you can play this, by the way, is to steal it, so don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, no, don't feel bad at all. All right, let's check back in with Stinky and uh, see how he's doing with this eggnog challenge, as well as uh, this week's pro player tip. Stinky, uh, how you doing? Oh, man, you're looking green. I feel, I feel fine. Oh, okay, are you ready to do... Uh, the, it looks like you've comp- completed the challenge, uh, drinking uh, a gallon of eggnog I'm in a very for, short period of time. I'm ready for my say. Oh God! Are you are you, are you sure a, you're ready for this week's pro player tip? I'm ready for my sec. Oh God! <laughs> I'm ready for my sec. Predators. Pre- you, you're making me sick, Stinky. Wait, wait a minute! I just got a burp. Wait. <laughs> oh God! Oh! My Christmas sweater. Like a cat. <laughs> Wait, why am I here? Okay. And that's like totally. So that's what Christmas spirit smells like. Don't play it. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta go. Excellent. This was a great idea. Okay, and now here's T.T. Schmookins with next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Hello, I am Titty Schmookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, dudes. All right, John, so let's give uh, a clue for next week's episode. I'll start. Uh, My clue for next week's episode is I hope Kevin Spacey isn't in this one. Okay, my clue is look up in the chair. Oh, man. It's cold-blooded, John. It's (laughs) cold-blooded. Like that movie, Rear Window. 
All right, I already touched on it a little bit during the show, but like, comment, subscribe. Go to iTunes, please. Leave us a five-star review. And hey, you'll get a mention on the show. Also, check out what we're doing on Facebook between Tuesday and Sunday. It's facebook.com slash WTG podcast. There's some fun things there posted during the week. You have conversations you can contribute to. Also, uh, we have some events going on. We got the one sentence review as well as the hike, the game haiku review uh, events. You can go on there, post the haiku, go on the other one, post the one sentence review. It's a lot of fun. Twitter, tweet us at We Talk Games. Well, we'll talk to you again next week with another exciting episode of We Talk Games Holiday Haymakers!